You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. going on y'all welcome back black guy therapy i got my sexy voice on right now (laughs) if this is your first time listening to us thank you um thanks for clicking on us thanks for being here with us we are a therapeutic podcast at least that's what we call ourselves we are a podcast designed for men to talk about just issues that we generally wouldn't talk about out in the outside world or and we also talk about issues that affect black people um again we're a therapeutic podcast we're here for you this is a venting session Yes. So, hey, Joe, how are you? Good, brother. How you doing? I'm doing <clears throat> A-OK. Uh, I am trying to stay COVID-free, and I am doing a great job of that. Um, we now have a vaccine, so we'll see what happens there. And, uh, yeah, what about yourself? Okay. So, good. Are you, are you at all nervous about a, a potential vaccine? Well, it's not even potential at this point because they, they have done some tests on it, but... Are you, are you nervous about it at all? No, you know, I, well, here's the thing. They they literally hodgepodge the uh, vaccine together in about, what, eight months? Um, Which so, is weird. Yeah, that's, that's not normal, right? But at the same time, right. um, when you think about the amount of people that they had in the trials versus, like, a drug that they're just creating and, and testing, um, the numbers are the numbers just don't even compare, right? There, you have you had hundreds of thousands of people in these trials versus, um, you know, if they were trying to make a new, I don't know, vaccine for something else for swine flu, right? Like, cause not everybody was getting swine flu. Um, True. So, so you know, you you go to hundreds of thousands of volunteers to you know from from that to if you had the swine flu, maybe ten. 15, 20,000 maybe. Um, so right. I guess in terms of do I feel that it may be safe for most people? I think so. Um, but then again, you know, you never know. Everybody, everybody's different. Like what were the, and I don't know, what were the breakdowns of the groups who were studied? How many black people were in those, in those right. groups, right? Like right. was there, was there a, a, a specific number um, or a sufficient number of, of, of brown skinned people who, who look like me and you, uh, t- you know, did they have these adverse ref- effects that, that they say can happen, right? What, what happened for us? We won't, yeah. we'll never know those things. And I guess we will have to, you know, just take it, right? Take it, take it for what it is. Now, I do feel safer with, with taking it because it's for everybody, right? Now, if they said, hey, you know, just black people, Mexican or black people, Latino people get it, right? Right. <laughs> and be like, nah, I'm straight. Yeah. Yeah, or most definitely. Or if that they're offering free and low income neighborhoods, then I'm going to be like, Nah, I'm good. But because this is, you know, readily available for the world, yeah. Um, I think that I think that it's gonna be safe. And here's the thing, you know, I went to college, I've eaten random things, I've I've drank more drinks than I had probably needed to at, at some point in time in my life. And I didn't know what was in those mixed drinks, so let's so here, you know, I don't know what's in this cocktail that they're gonna give me and I'll take my chances. <laughs> Yeah, that that's actually uh, an interesting point that you bring up there, because I think the same can be said about foods when we go to restaurants. You have no idea. Um, it, but for me, the racial anxiety piece pops in, as we've talked about on this show a number of times. When you think about whether it's Tuskegee or eugenics, th- we've always been test dummies. Yeah. So <clears throat> even even if it's available for all, it's kind of like redlining. So financing is available for everyone that that's a citizen. But what are the stipulations if you're this or if you're that? And that's the part that I guess worries me. Like, I, I know it, it, everybody can get it. Everybody is available to, to all. But Jesus, we've seen from history. Yeah. You and, know, it, it's not on our side. Right. And, and I agree with you 100% there, right? Like, we, we know that, that traditionally we have been subjugated to random experiments by yeah. the government, right? Right. Um, we know that. Native Americans know that um, right now Latino 
um, well, I say Latino Americans, Latino Americans, and and people trying to come here from the southern border, which are yes, uh, Latin people. Yep. Um, you know, right now they're being experimented on in these freaking cages, right? Yes, um, so, absolutely, and and it's terrible. Um, but you know how they say, like, we experiment here, and then you think you're safe, and then we're coming for you next, right? So, right. Right. So yeah, it's a little scary. Um, but I'm I am I am of this, right? If if it's for the greater good, then then I I think I'll participate. So so check this out. I, I want you to tell me if I'm I'm crazy for this thought process. If we would have done a lot of the things that they suggested we do, like the six feet the social distancing, the gathering in crowds of a certain number, um, wearing masks, etc. If we would have done that, it's fair to say that we may not be in the situation we currently find ourselves in. Do you agree with that or not? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. We see other countries that that have they've they've done all the things that they were supposed to. They've practiced six feet distancing. Everybody's wearing a mask. It's not it is something that everybody is doing right everybody's wearing a mask it's not optional um even in and i know in some countries they are sorry i'm 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 losing my thought there but in some countries they're even arresting people for breaking um um covid protocol right so and, and i don't know if you just saw they arrested some white chick from georgia in like the cayman islands um for breaking COVID protocol for four really? months. That's so she's, interesting. In, she's in jail for four months. She's a college student. She goes to Mercer University, white chick, went to see her boyfriend, who I guess is was down there for a um some type of competition. And they told her she needed to quarantine. And they I think they put like a ankle monitor or some type of monitor on her. And she left and went to the competition and Obviously, she's being monitored. Wow. And, uh, yeah, they came, scooped that ass, and she's in jail <laughs> for four months. So, Well, they they told you. Yeah. So, so, so here's where I was going with that. Am I wrong for this thought process? I'm, I don't, because I honestly, Todd, I've not had a flu shot ever in my life. And I think I may have had the flu once, and that was before I was old enough to even have the option to say I am or I am not getting the flu shot. Yeah. My thought was, well, what if I wait, don't get it, and while everybody else is getting it and COVID numbers go down and I'm still doing the social distancing, uh, maintaining my space with my family, wearing my mask when I have to go out, am I wrong for not wanting to get it? And if if the United States, for whatever reason, if it gets this bad and they say, in order for you to travel outside of your state and in Tennessee, we know our numbers are kind of high right now. Uh, the you highest. have to get it. <laughs> the highest. I, I was going to leave that for a later part of the discussion, but am I wrong for that thought process? Like, I, I'm, I have no intentions of getting it. I'll let everybody else get it and I'll wait. And as everybody else starts to the sickness dissipates i'll just wait and and allow natural order to take its course no i don't think you're wrong i mean and that's the cool thing about about these type of studies i think that they account for people who who feel just like you right so i think they said if 70 percent of people in the united states get this Mm -hmm. then like we should see the numbers drop and we'll be in a good place right because then i guess that herd the herd um immunity has kicked in right or something to that effect right so i mean they account for people not getting it um the thing i worry about with with that thought process is that we now know that covid is airborne so Mm -hmm. even if you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing you could still pick it up in the air like this just by walking outside right like we know that it's airborne right so i mean it i guess my question is 
if you're doing everything right, we know that it's airborne. Are your chances, do you still have an equal shot, equal chance of getting the virus, Mm -hmm. whether you're doing everything right or wrong? I'm doing everything right, you know, prior to getting the shot. Yeah. And that's that's what makes this whole thing so so unique, scary, weird, you know, pick an adjective. It's just it's such a different time. And, and there are so many ways to skin a cat because to your point, there are people who tried to adhere to all the policies, regulations, still wound up contracting the virus, found themselves in the hospital or found themselves at home for a couple of days and then bounced back. So there's so many different scenarios that exist within this particular pandemic, which is probably the case of all pandemics. But it's like, man, where, where do I, what is my social responsibility? What is my personal responsibility? And how does that connect to what my my local city, state, country, whatever, the rules based off of these areas where I reside, what are those? Am I doing a disservice or am I just working within the confines of it? It's just so many questions, you know. So, again, like I said, I, I've never been a flu shot guy uh, and, and I've never had it. That's not to say I didn't get it because I didn't get the shot. That just means that I, I didn't get the shot. Uh, and and I was fortunate enough to not get the flu. Uh, yeah. And in this case, it's like, you know, you get tested, you you do the policies, adhere to the policies or the suggestions that have been made, because none of it's a lot of it hasn't been made mandatory just yet. And I feel like eventually, if the numbers continue to climb here specifically, it's going to have to get mandatory. You're going to have to wear a mask. You're going to have to shut down some of these businesses where people can congregate in numbers larger than six or ten. So I, I'm curious to see what that looks like, but I also feel like if I'm being responsible, socially responsible and responsible to myself and my family, and, and to be honest, my family does mean more. So when we say it's airborne, it's like, dang, airborne, what does that mean? Does that mean the air that's circulating through my house? Because if that's the case, I don't even have to leave my house and I can get it. If it's I go in an area where somebody who had it was, you know, there's so many questions, so many unknowns. It's just like, I've got to continue to live my life, but I have to do it responsibly. What does that look like? Just like when we think about drinking, people drink all the time. Am I drinking a half a pint or a full pint of alcohol and then driving? Or am I drinking a half pint or a full pint of alcohol and sitting my tail down or calling an Uber or have a DD already? Right. So, so you know what I mean? It's like, where do you stand? What what are you trying to accomplish with your actions? Yeah. So, and, and even like you said, when we were talking about, um, you know, people, people doing what they're supposed to be doing or what they're not do- supposed to be doing. Right. So here mm-hmm. in our state, um, I think it's seven or actually in about one minute, the governor is going to speak. Yes. Um, and, yes. you know, I don't know what he's going to say, but I think he's going to say something to the effect that we need to be, everybody needs to wear a mask, but. I hope. Yeah, I mean, we hope that he says that, right? We hope that you mm-hmm. unify the state because, let's be real. I went to the grocery store yesterday mm-hmm. and every person that I saw had a mask on, right? While I'm walking through the aisles and doing all that stuff. Right. But then I got up to the register to check out. And there's a gentleman behind me, no mask on, no mask in sight. Like didn't even, you know, he didn't even come in the store with a mask. Right. And it's like, really? Like yeah. you're, you rather, you care so much about yourself. Yes. You don't care about others. Yes. Yes. Right? And like that, that kind of bothers me because I feel like we're supposed to be this unified nation. Right. And as this unified nation, we're supposed to depend on one another and diversity is our greatest strength. And that's what, you know, that's what they say. Like, yeah, we need to be doing things that that uplift each other. And and like we've talked about in previous episode with Ubuntu, like if one person goes contrary to, you know, the greater good, then then it can essentially wreck the whole plan. Yes, you know what I'm saying? absolutely. And here's absolutely. the thing, like, I don't know that man. He may not have had COVID. He may have had COVID. If he didn't have COVID, that's wonderful. But what if he did? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And what if he touched something in there and then I touched it? And yep. then I take my mask off in my car and I've just touched my face. Right. 
now it's in one of my orifices and now here we have a problem <laughs> exactly and and that's what i was saying too it's like the biggest issue that i have with the social responsibility aspect of COVID is the lack of regard that people have for other people. It, it's not even about, and I said this on an episode here, like the reason why I adhere to the policies that have been laid out in front of us, even the suggestions is because I don't want to be the one to mess up anybody else. Right. And, and, you know, before you move, Todd, you know, we were here. Yeah, I wasn't going anywhere. I mean, we had everything delivered. We had our staging area. We had supplies in place when the groceries and everything else was delivered. We had everything covered. We clean it and then we, you know, let it sit. And and then, so we were very, very cautious for us. So there's no no way that I'm going to lower that level of caution for somebody else. It's kind of like. You know, when you're young and you go to your friend's house and you're playing with one of their toys and your parents tell you, treat your friend's stuff better than you treat your own. Yep. And and to me, that is that is one of the greatest lessons that connects directly to Ubuntu. You know, it's like if I'm treating you better than I would treat myself, that says a lot because I'm going to treat myself real good. Oh, yeah. So that means I'm going to treat you even better than that. And I'm going to make sure that there's nothing that I'm doing to negatively impact you. And that is what I see here in Tennessee specifically, because this is where we this is where we live. Because yep. I'm like you, I've 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 been driving and I see people and I'm like, huh, no mask. OK, had to go in the store. Huh, no mask. OK, that's weird. Why would you just be and you see everybody else? Yep everybody else walking around with masks and you're the one who's not yep. how do you not number one how do you not feel like the odd man out number two how do you not feel like that that not even subconscious but that conscious hidden guilt to where you're like man i feel bad i'm not gonna do that again nobody gonna be looking at me like i'm the ebola monkey yeah but that's the way you look yeah it's like cognitive dissonance i mean it is you think about it, it is. it's the same you go back in history how how were how were people how were white people able to hang black people one day and then go to work with them the next right like how Man. how how can you do that right there's the yes. there's that cognitive dissonance like yeah it's not me it's not it's not anything that I've done it's the situation it has yeah. nothing how to do, do you, with me and and to go a step further Todd how do you leave Sunday service church service on Sunday and go straight out to the hanging fields yeah newspaper and everybody there. They taking pictures. They writing articles. The 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 article is uh, published and put out for you on Monday. It, it is. It's cognitive dissonance for real. I'm I'm glad you said that because that's a great way to describe it. I, I just I don't understand it, and I I don't know. And this is this is me being honest. I can't sit here and tell you for sure that I've seen a a black person without a mask anytime I've been out. That doesn't mean that black people ain't wearing masks. It just means that. I can't honestly yeah. say that I've seen it. I have. I look. I saw it for the first time on last Monday. The very first since since we've been having to wear a mask, mm-hmm. I saw it for the first time where I wow. saw a person of color look like me who did mm-hmm. not have a mask on. Black man. I think <clears throat> they. Oh. They were rather large, and okay. um, I just I couldn't really tell. Okay. Um, however, I think it was a male. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I have not seen it yet, but let me tell you, this, this is something else that bothers me. I've seen, and, and I don't know if this is cultural, I've seen a lot of white parents have masks, and the baby doesn't, or Hispanic adults with masks and the kids without and i'm like huh that's interesting why would you wear it but not and and i get it in some instances but it's it's still to me it's like all right where's that defining line of all right i can't do this because i don't want to impact my kid or myself or others versus you know what i'm gonna put this on because i know this is real but my kid will be all right i don't i don't i don't even know anymore where that gray starts in the actual line is. Yeah. I, and, you know, I think 
not a lot of people do. I don't think you're the only one who who struggles with this. Yeah. I, I mean, I struggle with it, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, we know young, young children can't wear a mask. Right. But a five, six, seven, eight-year-old, you know, five and up can't. We know that. Yeah. For sure. We know. We know four and up can because mine is four and she stay with a mask if we have to leave the house. Yeah. So we, we know that for sure. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And, and I mean, just, and there, there, there have been some articles about this, okay. but how there are certain groups who aren't wearing masks. Like I know that there was an article that talked about how there was a large Latino population that was not wearing masks. There's a large like white population that wasn't wearing masks, but then the flip side, you saw a lot of brown, like black people wearing masks. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, it's just weird, right? Which here's the thing for black people, I feel like I feel like we get it right because we, for a long time, we've been experimenting on marginalized, whatever, whatever. But we mm-hmm. also feel like this, like shoot, y'all ain't about to get me, I'm right? Do everything right because you ain't about to get me, right? Right. I agree with that. And, th- and we have that mentality about a lot of things. Like, y'all ain't about to get me. Mm-mm, I'm yeah. not the one. <laughs> so. It's just such a weird time, man. And, you know, with, with my wife being a teacher and and some of the stuff uh, that goes on, you know, so she started in, in the, uh, geez, I can't remember what it is, Rutherford County. There it is. In Rutherford County. And she was in Rutherford County for like eight, nine years before she came to Davidson County. And so she has all these deep, deep roots in Rutherford County. So the connections and they're communicating about teaching and what's going on and what they're saying. And apparently now Rutherford is about to go to this hybrid where some can go to school if they have to, because we know some parents just can't stop working. Yep. They can't stay at home. So they're going to a hybrid now where some can still go to school. But if you choose to be at home, you can. And apparently there was a conversation where I don't know if it was superintendent, a principal whomever it was that has a lot to do with the decisions that are made for that particular district was like, it feels like I'm getting calls daily where a teacher here in this district, Rutherford County is dying almost every day. Yeah. Now, when I hear that, of course, and you may feel the same when you hear it, but I'm like, well, that sounds like a stretch. That's kind of crazy. Every single day. How long has this been going on? Blah, blah, blah. I got all these questions that pop off, but I think, I got lost in the bigger picture, which was lives are being impacted. Why are we in schools at all? And then I'm like, but dang, what about these parents that if they stay home, their job's in jeopardy. Now, how do they maintain their family's lifestyle? And I'm like, what do we do as a country? Because we had the $1,200 or whatever it was per person stimulus checks that went out before. Now they're dropping that number down to like 600 bucks that are supposed to come out next. But so well, is six hundred a month we gonna get until it's over, or just see? Now I didn't see a per month. I the way I read it was a one time hitter, just like the last one. So they think six hundred dollars is it, here. Here's another six hundred bucks. Go pay your rent. <laughs> you know, I, and that's the way I felt about the twelve hundred. Let's be honest. Most people can't live on twelve hundred dollars without without additional income. A yeah. family of three, let's say a family of three, if there's nothing else coming in after your mortgage is paid, let's say your cards are paid off. So you only got insurance on the car and you got one car. So mortgage or rent, your car payment, your utilities, your things like your cell phone, uh, and then groceries and then gas. Those six things alone, $1,200 is not enough. So when you hear 600, that's like, dang, now we're cutting that in half. But then it's like, all right, we realize that the, the recession that we're potentially looking at is getting more and more real because as we just start, as America, as a, as a country starts passing out this money, that means the value of the dollar has to be decreasing a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. I think we see it because Bitcoin is at like $24,000 right now. Crazy, right? Yeah. So the value of the dollar is going down, but the debt is going up. So that's creating that chasm that will eventually manifest itself as a recession. So what does America do? It finds itself in a sucky situation because instead of doing the smart thing initially, which is everybody shelter in place. 
no congregating in any places. If you do, you're getting a ticket and you're going to go to jail or whatever, whatever the, the, the stipulation is to that, put that in place. But then even businesses, you have to understand you cannot fire a person. They can go on FMLA or short term, whatever it is, but you cannot fire somebody during this time. You cannot evict somebody during this time. America should have just been like, these are the stipulations that are in place. We can't just continue to print money because it's going to t send this country into a tailspin. But what we can do is put out these regulations that says you're going to be protected as a human being, an American citizen. It didn't do that. It tried to do the money thing. The money thing didn't work because I feel like arrogant folks thought we could outlast a pandemic. Yeah. And here we are nine, almost 10 months in almost, let me just say we almost a year into a pandemic. Literally. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> Literally almost a year in to being stuck at home, being afraid to go around other people, friends, family, et cetera, a year in. And we're still trying to figure out what to do. That should have told somebody. And I don't necessarily blame a, a presidential, you know, like the administration of the Republicans and Donald Trump. I don't blame them 100%. I blame the people here who are too selfish to be like, I don't want to mess anybody else's life up. So let me do this. So yeah. th that's kind of where I sit with all this. And, and I mean, like you said, it's not it's not one group or one you know one person's making making a decision that's making everybody feel this way. But I mean, let's be real. The leader of the free world said this is going to be over real soon. And to drink bleach, basically. Well, he also said that too. <laughs> yes. So so you're right. Don't 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 misunderstand. He definitely as the as the largest voice in this country said some really stupid things uninformed things arrogant selfish things i i agree with that a million percent yeah and my thought is again even though you as a citizen of this country hear the president say this at what point do you take that responsibility and accountability on yourself and be like wait drink what no that don't sound right and we talked about it here like calls to the cdc were, were spiking because people had done this yeah you know what i mean so Clearly, people were listening. But again, bigger than that, why are we so selfish to not consider anybody else? And again, Ubuntu is, is like the word of the last three or four episodes because it's so relevant to everything that we're going through right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, to kind of I'm going to go back like 10 seconds and where you said, you know, why are we so selfish to be like this? Mm -hmm. This country, what it was, what it was founded on, it was found on dividing and conquering, right? Yeah. Are we not in? The, is that not like a piece of this? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, just just asking yeah. a question, like, could you not equate that in in this together? Like, why are we like this? Because this is what we were founded on. This yeah. is what we came over here to do. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. That's a great call out. So great call out. That's it's all sad. Yeah, no, it's, it's very sad because, again, we know this. They say America's the greatest country on earth. I don't necessarily say that, but I do say this country has provided a lot of people a lot of great opportunities of all races. Yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, 95 plus percent of them opportunities have been for our white brothers and sisters. But we've seen people that look like you and me find a way. And I, I talk about Sam Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson, one of the most established and acclaimed actors of our generation, at least, was sleeping in his car, was addicted to drugs. He goes from that to being what he is today. So the opportunities that can be found here in this country are phenomenal. But if, but, but so many people are not allowed to truly feel it and experience it because too many others want to try to maintain it all for themselves. Yeah. And that's a problem. We, I mean, everybody's all about getting their own dime that they forget about Yeah, everybody else or, or not yeah. even that they forget is that they, they just don't care. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do what I need to do for me. I don't care yep. if you get it or not, whatever. Yep. Yeah. So, and we got to get out of that. 
We gotta get out of that mentality. But how how do how do we, even from our platform, because we have a, a pretty decent platform, how do we suggest that to other people, and and really expect tangible outcomes from it? That's a good question. You know, I, I haven't thought about it. I mean, the 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 just because you hit me so fast with it answer is um i think that as as people we need to become or we need to work on our efficiency efficient and i'm gonna say this we need to work on our efficiency as people if that makes sense um i mean if you're efficient you're productive right um and if we're productive usually productive people do productive things and they think about you know they think about moving forward like they focus on the most important things first right so now you have to be like all right this is important to me boom 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 we're gonna focus on that they cultivate you know a deep understanding of work whether that be going out and making a dollar or a dime or working in their community trying to get things together like um, you know they ha- they they keep distra- they they keep distractions to a minimum. You know, I, so I don't know. I just think that if we work on ourselves, you know, to be, be to be more efficient, I think that, or to be a more efficient person or more efficient people, I think that can help. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. No, I I I agree hundred percent. Man, one of my and I'll be honest with you too. One of my biggest fears is that. Let me well, let me qualify this too. Biggest fears since the pandemic is that people don't know what they can and cannot actually do, and I think because people don't know, they're left to to make decisions on their own. So it's kind of like a child. If a child is given the green light to make a decision on whether or not they should or shouldn't do something, more than likely the child is going to make the wrong decision because it's going to be solely based off of selfish outcomes yeah <clears throat> and i feel like in a pandemic if you say man we really don't know like the, the it lasts on surface this long it lasts in water for this long then it you know much shorter in water and this can clean it this can clean it and now it's airborne with all this the unknown it's like well what can i do what what should i not do and i think people are forced to kind of make decisions on their own based off of what they think is right and because they're uninformed, like a child is uninformed, they're probably going to make the wrong choice. And the problem with being uninformed is, like I mentioned earlier, there's still for Joel this racial anxiety that exists, which says, do they really want to help out inner city communities or, or low income communities of people that look like me? Or... Do they want to push it here first? Because the first person I saw get it in the U.S. and you can correct me if I'm wrong here was a, a black woman, a Jamaican woman, right? And and they put that out there so much, and I'm like, geez, that's kind of weird that this would kind of be put in front of us. And then I heard a conversation with Dr. Fauci and three or four um, highly regarded black men. Uh, and women that were, you know, like professors and things like that, that, that had the titles and the, the, the letters behind their name to give them credibility to what they were saying in their platforms. And I'm like, man, this whole thing is about pushing black people to not be afraid of the government anymore and go ahead and get the virus. And that scared me. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I mean, this is kind of heavy. If you think about it. Yeah. Like this, this, this is heavy. I mean, you. Sometimes I just want to go in, but if you sit back, you just got to vent about it. Yeah. You, you know, do. sometimes that you you don't have something quick and witty to say. You just have to sit and just think and be like, man, this this is real. Yeah. This is real, and I have to accept that this is real and it's not going away, and I have to I have to figure this out. Yeah. And and it sounds like everybody has to figure it out on their own. Essentially. I mean, we we like you said we're getting some guidance from 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 doctors and 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 other 
prominent figures who in medicine and in science, but but I mean they they know a little bit. They they know a little bit more than I do, essentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. And then you hear the CEO of Pfizer, who was the first one to get the drug approved by the FDA, say that he wasn't going to take it because he didn't want to skip the line. And again, that racial anxiety pops in. It's like, are you really trying to be a good person or are you waiting for the guinea pigs to do all the trials for you? And you want as, as much because, again, when you think about analysis or a- analytics, you need as much data as you possibly can have to decide what your strategy is going to be going forward. So even with as many people that were a part of the tests that took the took the vaccines or the the pre-vaccines that were released to the public yeah what if what if i just want a larger sample size a larger body of evidence to look at to be like all right i'm gonna take it or i'm not gonna take it so and because i don't know i'm like yeah this sounds fishy the ceo's like no i'm not gonna take it because i want to be nice to you i don't know if that's legit or not well and and you know think about his position Mm-hmm. He's kind of he's in those one of you if you damned if you do and you damned if you don't right absolutely if, if he takes it then everybody's like oh you know because he's you know he he works for the company he he shouldn't uh, be able and he's wealthy yeah he shouldn't be able to jump in front of us but he doesn't yep. take it and then you have the people like oh he won't take it because he knows something's wrong with it you know yep yep so he's in or a, he's doesn't kinda, know if anything's wrong with it right so he's in a bad yeah. situation like he's just kind of like I uh, agree. Uh, <laughs> So what I, yeah, I think that, if I were him, what I would have said is um, I will take the shot as soon as my family is able to. That way we can do it, you know, together. Yeah. And, and you know, I think that eases people because it's like, OK, well, his family can get it when everybody else can get it. So then he can. Right. Get it. Right. Just to say, yeah, yeah. I'm going to wait to let it because, you know, everybody else needs to get it before I do. It's kind of like, eh. <laughs> It, well, it again, sounds that's, that's 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 the black people like we we have that's the Tuskegee experiment we have uh Henrietta Lacks her sales all this stuff we, th- that they steal from us so we I get it mm-hmm. I get it yeah yeah and you, you know I'm glad you said that too because that's that's a really good point too that I honestly I had not considered it initially to you said it which is he is in a, a pretty sucky situation because. You don't know. Like, what if he really is like, you know, I'm a millionaire and my family is never going to have to worry about anything. We've got generational wealth. We have a legacy already established. If we're the first people to be able to get this vaccine, what will people say about it, about me? Yeah. I had not thought about that until you said it. And that's so true. And that's why I wanted to make sure I said it's like, that's the anxiety piece that I suffer from. Which is unfortunate because I know that if I suffer from that anxiety, I know another person does too. But it's like, man, that's so true. Like, he he can't do right. Yeah, he literally can't do right in that instance. Yeah, and and you know you don't think about these things like and and you know. Oh, I lost you. I lost you. I can't hear you. Uh oh, hold on. Oh, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Joel? Can you hear me? Well, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back. Let me fix this issue. Okay, we back this time. We back this time. You can hear me now, correct? Yes, sir. Perfect. Okay, it's been a long time since we've like actually taken a break since we haven't um done any sponsorships, but hey, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um so we were talking about um, him being in a bad situation because, you know, what what kind of legacy does that leave for his family, right? Right. So, and I guess to answer the question is, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. you And you really can't know. And that's, yeah. again, that's why I say it's such a, a bad situation for him, but it also is very telling of the situation that we find ourselves in, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like man, like yeah. If it wasn't for this, this, and this, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We would be just willing to accept anything we heard via the media, via uh, our the leaders of the country. We would just accept all of it, but because the history is riddled in in secrecy and deceit, lies and hatred, 
you have no idea what's real and what's not. That's true. That's true. You know, I, I um, I don't know. I just this is kind of obviously we've been talking about COVID this whole episode. This is kind of somber because you look and you just see how the numbers have increased and how deaths just keep going up and up and up. Yeah. Um, it's sad because a lot of these could be preventable. I I agree. But um, I mean, I guess the resiliency as people. I mean, we're 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 made to go on, right? I mean, that's why we have children. Like, so if if I'm gone, the legacy lives, or a piece of me lives. So, you know, I just hope that the people that we have lost to this, um, to this this virus, right? I hope that they had you know a piece of them that i hope that there's a piece of them that is still here that is able to live on yeah i guess that's what i'm trying to say i want to make sure that 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 they didn't die in vain Mm -hmm. right because they didn't have to just you know we all got a number every day we know that we're gonna die we have a yes we we just don't know when right or of what right but but you just very true that you've you've done enough in your in your life that you live on and as long as you're in the mind of somebody else your legacy lives that's how all that yes yes no i agree i agree and i think you know just not trying to change subjects so much right here but just to add additional perspective i think that's why it's so important for us uh culturally historically when we talk about ancestry that we give true pay true honor and respects to our ancestry and understanding that black people didn't start with Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth. You know, we, again, one of those things we've talked about before, but like our history is, is, is pretty rich, you know, (laughs) granted it's been hidden from us or or not taught to us intentionally, but we got a pretty rich history, man. And we got a legacy that, that spans thousands of years and, and, you know, to your point, like understanding that, hey, this is bigger than me. I don't want to leave here, but if I have to, I hope that what I'm leaving here, it matters to somebody. And, you know, you hope that's not the case. You hope you don't leave here early, especially from a pandemic where, you know, and I know both of us know that if people had done things differently, even now they're still breaking up parties with two and 300 people. And this is like, my God, restaurants here you're seeing and they're posting pictures up on their websites of where they're doing these events, having, you know, 30, 40, 50, a hundred people. This is like, man, we really don't care that much. So, and, and our governor just spoke, uh, I guess he spoke, but he didn't, um, he, he didn't, um, issue a mask mandate. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, he just wants people to gather within their households. No more than 10 people. I mean, what is that? A recipe for disaster. And and here's the thing. His wife has COVID. Yeah. So, what, I mean, what does it take? Does it, does, like, does it take her, like, being, and she may not, I don't think she's, like, sick sick i think she just has like some i think they said she had minor symptoms but i wonder like what does it take to change somebody's mind does it take her dying does it take her right. being on a ventilator does it take her going to the er like what does it that that change it you know what i'm saying like yeah your, your wife right that you probably you have strong feelings about that person so like, should you for sure you should right you should yeah um so you would want to see them do well. Like, I don't understand. And and this is why I guess it's kind of muddy for me. Is it a political game? Because it's like, okay, your wife has COVID. You know, it's real. I'm not going to issue a mask mandate, but I'm going to say, don't gather no more. Ten or more gathered. No, I don't, we don't need that. Yeah. That's, but, that's another, but another at good the point. same time, 
you feel so strongly about like abortion, so strongly about abortion that you'll sign into law that as soon as a heartbeat is detected, then you can't have an abortion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Great does call. that make sense? Great call out right there, I, man. No, it doesn't. And that's what that's again why even when we talk about politics in a, in an association or connection to a pandemic like this we're seeing right now. It's like how much of this is based off of what you can and can't say versus what you really feel. And and that's another spot where I have challenges. I don't know if I don't know how much of this is real. Yeah. Like for real, you you're not gonna say a mask mandate even though your wife got it, which means that either somebody who wasn't wearing a mask and had it was around her, or she just randomly caught it in the air. Right. And if that's the case, I mean, what can you do about that? If somebody randomly catches it in the air, then how do you not catch it in your home if it's if it's airborne? You know what I mean? Like if it's in if it's in your neighborhood, you're going to get it regardless if it's airborne. So I get that part of it. But to your point, why are we not just being more proactive? Yeah. Yeah. We're being proactive on things. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is that we're being proactive on things that don't matter. Agreed. Versus things that actually matter to the Agreed. mass or the yes. masses about that. Yep. I, I think yep. that's the point I'm exactly trying to make by, by you know, putting those two together. Th- I mean, that's something that affects a very small number of people. Like, mm-hmm. like, but this is something that affects so many people, but you don't make a definitive position. Or you, you don't know, and your foot in the ground and say, this is what we're going to do. I guess that's right. Right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Cause that's exactly what's not happening. <laughs> yeah. but, but I have a, I have a cousin who actually works in the healthcare system and um, he, he made a point and it resonated with me when he said it, if somebody else would have said it, it probably wouldn't have, but he was like, you know, when, when people are talking about the majority of people recover, like the, the numbers state that, 90 plus percent of people recover from COVID just fine. And he was like, but are we cool with the 10% or whatever it is? Yeah. Are we cool with that for real? Yeah. And I had not thought about it that way. And I'm like, dang, we are really trivial, trivializing lives because we want to make it seem like we're not doing that bad. So there was opposed. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. (laughs) No, no. I was saying as opposed to everybody's life, truly does matter because it's funny black lives matter but then everybody's life matter all lives now all lives don't matter because we're able to maintain at least 90 percent of them yeah and i was going to say that there there was a there was a uh politician that brought up that same point they were like okay yeah you know this has a high survival rate but you're cool with your grandparents just dying cool right perfect right (laughs) and i was like oh yeah i guess they have a point and it's a perfect point to make yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I w- I do want to say this. Um, we we got a message not too long ago from a listener that was like, "I am so glad that I found you guys and that um, that y'all do what you do." Um, that's that's that love. It is. It is. And you know, sometimes <laughs> I feel like we get on here and we ramble, but sometimes it's it's the rambling that's therapeutic. I think that sometimes yeah. people just listening to us ramble is it may be the therapeutic part. Yeah, absolutely. So and and to put that into perspective, Todd, rambling to us may be super science to somebody else. You're right. Like what what's being said is like, man, that resonated so much. That make that's exactly what I was thinking, or I wasn't thinking about that. I need to change the way I'm thinking about it, and and. To be honest, I just shared um, BGT with a guy that I work with. Really, really cool guy. And he has a podcast he does as well. And, you know, so we exchanged our, our podcast info. And he, he told me that he he was listening and he liked it, shared it with his wife. And I got to listen to a bunch of episodes on his podcast. And I'm like, man, the sign of a good podcast is when somebody pauses your podcast to have a conversation with you. And I was like, and I paused yours a couple of times and I feel like I chatted with everybody on the show, but it, it is so important to do what we're doing. And, and I, that's again, when I say all the time, um, there's so many ways to skin 
a cat, number one, but to address the issues that exist in our culture, there's so many ways to do it. And one is just by sharing information or perspective that comes from a decent place. I think that is one of the most underrated qualities of humanity. Yeah. Just being a decent human being and sharing perspective of that person. And when people hear us saying, you know, and, and we don't even get on here and preface, I'm not saying I don't like white people or I'm not saying I don't like this. Or, we ain't got to do that. We're telling you, hey, this is how we feel. It feels good to get this off of our chest. So we're going to spend this episode getting it off our chest. And I think the authenticity and the organic nature of this show, people do connect with it. It does resonate with them. Yeah. And and I'm so grateful to hear that because that's that vindication that you need sometimes. Like, you know, it's great for me, but what am I doing for somebody else with this? Like BGT is one of the best things that's ever happened to me simply because I'm able to get it all off of my chest. And like you said, it feels like I'll be rambling sometimes, but when I'm done talking, I'm like, ah, that feel good. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you're like me. I, when I, when I'm done editing this and I put it up, sometimes I will like, like a new episode when it, when it drops, I'll listen. And I, and it's, and it's what we talked about, right? Like, but obviously you do it for a couple different reasons, but you find yourself and you're like, you know what? I said that. Let me go talk to somebody. Do you? Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? Yep. <laughs> do you yep. think I sound like an idiot saying it like this? Like, yep. Because <laughs> I think this point really. This was a really good point, and I've had a conversation like that, and I've had somebody be like, "No, no, no, no. What you said was stupid. You should have been like this, because because th- you didn't even look at this piece of that argument." And it's like, mm-hmm. wow. Okay, yep. I appreciate that. Yep. So, so yeah, it yep. is. It's. I guess there's. It's, there's therapy in this. <laughs> You know what else too, man? I, I like when, you know, similar to that, I like when somebody's like, you know, not that you were wrong or you're dumb, but hey, have you even considered this other perspective? Because yeah. it's not, it's, sometimes it's not even about a right or wrong. It's just about where do you find yourself in this in this scenario? You know, you don't have to be all the way here or all the way there. You can be right there in the middle. Right. And and, and that's what I like. I've had people be also also people be like, hey, these facts that you shared, this wasn't correct. And we've had that happen on the show. And we come back on the next episode and we're like, hey, we made a mistake here. And again, that's when it, that character part comes into play, because if you talk enough, you're going to put your foot in your mouth. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. That, that's a fact. And, and that's why I try not to hold celebrities and things too accountable when they when they say or do dumb stuff, because I'm like. The camera's in their face all the time, microphone all the time. They're going to say something dumb. I've said dumb stuff. And I'm like, I go back and I listen to every single episode. And I'm like, ooh, that was dumb. I made a mistake there. And and depending on proximity to when this when we recorded it, I might get on and be like, hey, that episode we did last time where I said this, I made a mistake. Now, if it's two or three episodes, ain't nobody going to know what I'm talking about. So I leave it alone. But I just try to come out the next time and 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 be a little bit more specific or, or broad in my perspective. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we're, and wow, we're, we're definitely on the downslope of time here. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say this because just cause we're, you know, to, we're, we're at the end here. We, some of the greatest opportunities come in a recession. Yes. And, I don't think that we're too far off of a recession. I agree. And I say that because all these things are cyclical, right? Like 10 years ago, we were in a recession or 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were good for about 10 years. And then the, 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 the prior thir- the prior 10 years after that, we were in a recession came out. You know, so it seems to be about every 10 to 13 year or at least as long as I've been. Right. So, yeah, I've been in a recession. I've been out of a recession and I'm getting ready to go back into one. Right. Which which makes sense for the the 11 years. (laughs) It's 11 year cycle for me. Um, But in recessions, there are great opportunities. Matter of fact, this is when 
when some people, or not even some, when a lot of people get their creative juices flowing because you're almost in a situation where it's like sink or swim. Yes. And um, with, with, with the recession upon us, I'm just saying there's going to be some great opportunities. So I guess what I'm saying is start that business. Um, do whatever you was going to do that you didn't think was going to work. Because yep. it, because it, at this point, it may very, very well work, and yes. you'll see great results. Yep. I mean, some of the greatest businesses businesses have started in recessions, and there have been some great businesses to start out of a recession. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Keep, keep on keeping on is what I'm gonna say. If you didn't think it was gonna work, it's probably gonna work. You just put keep putting in the work to get there. Yeah. <laughs> for real. For real. Yeah. For real. Not that's a great. I'm man. Great point. And I know we talked about this and, and I've been on it for a minute and I know you've been on it for a minute now, too. But just simple stuff like investing, like Bitcoin and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's stuff is is going down in price. Because, you know, that's what happens before a recession, everything, the value of everything goes down. So as that value goes down, you come in low. And then when when everything bounces back now, what you came in low the values doubled or tripled or quadrupled and sometimes done even better than that. That's where millionaires are made. Yep. So, you know, just, just the, the Bitcoin app, Android, I'm sure Apple as well. Just download it. Just, just look oh, like and see Coinbase what's out there. Something. I'm sorry. I said Bitcoin. Yeah, yes. Coinbase. Coinbase. <laughs> Coinbase. Yes. Thank you. The Coinbase app is a great way to just a, a starting point. There's other apps out there, but Coinbase is a great starting point. And, and the cool thing about them, and I know I sent this to you, but they send out uh, these opportunities every once in a while where if you go in and you kind of do these lessons, the, the lessons, as they call yeah, them. The yeah. Lessons. Yeah. It's, they give you free currency just to do it. Now, it's not life changing currency, but you get three dollars for three dollars for uh, four sessions you know, $3 for each session. And then if you send it to somebody else and they get on and they set up an account and they do some, you get additional. So it's like, it benefits me and it benefits you because we're both getting free money. Yeah. So, you know, just little stuff like that. When you think about making incremental changes in your in the wealth gap as an individual, that's a great way to start. It's yeah. not meant to be the, the end all to make you rich beyond your wildest dreams, but just to have that additional stream of income, diversification of a portfolio is super important. And you don't have to be a financial business major from college with a with a PhD in, in numbers to do this. You just get on there, you follow the lesson, and you answer the question. You get the question right, you get the money. You can't even get it wrong. They don't even say, look, you got it wrong. You can answer it as many times as you want. Yep. But just pay attention to what you're reading. Don't just do it just to do it. Pay attention. Try to understand the game that's being played out there. Because basically what they're about to start doing, and I know I'm going over time, I feel like, but I'll say this and shut up. Basically, they're trying to find ways to replace the dollar. Exactly. That's all it is. So so get on the game early before you get left behind. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I always tell people this. Um, if you don't know how to invest, I know a lot of people are afraid to do it because they just don't know where to start. They don't know what to, to, you know, they don't know the stock market. They don't know what funds are. They don't know any of that stuff. There's a great app on Android and Apple called Acorns. They do it all for you. All you have to do is put the money in and you tell them if you want them to be moderately aggressive, aggressive, or like very conservative with your portfolio, they do the heavy lifting for you and you mm. see the gains. So, mm. um, if you're in, if you're a beginner, I definitely, definitely would tell you to go and start there, because that's that's where I started, and then I learned how it worked, and now I mean I'm doing Bitcoin and 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 other things too now, but I started with Acorns like five years ago, six years ago, and yeah. it, it's beneficial. But yeah. anyway, see, um, you got anything else? No, man, that's it. Everybody do your best to take care of other people first. Don't worry about you first. Worry about everybody else. Make sure you're doing the right things, of course. But keep other people in mind. Don't don't get somebody else sick because you're too arrogant or selfish. 
no doubt about it you've heard the church announcements um i don't have anything like i said remember just just keep going you may be hitting a, a rough patch right now you may not know where to go next in, in that business venture but hey th- that's an uncharted path so you make the rules so just keep that's on right. going anyway we ain't got nothing else to say and we'll be back on next week so we out peace